a guest from Twitter. That's actually somebody who works at Twitter, not just some guy off Twitter. Techfan445. Podcast number 445. I'm Tim Robertson. Over there is David Cohen. How are you, David? I'm pretty good. Very grey here today, so I'm kind of in the gloom. The uh, the light from my uh, recording board is kind of illuminating my face, even though it's midday. Wait, it's it's grey in, in I know. England? Shocker, isn't wow. it? Wow. It's a shocker. I, I, I'm beside myself. All the I people, have no idea. All the people over in Seattle are going, what? <laughs> In Seattle, they're like, wow, it's like sunny there. Yeah. So we have a special guest this week. We do. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Well, introduce yourself. Oh, hey, I'm Sid, um, and uh, I work at Twitter. I'm at Twitter. I'm a staff engineer, technical lead in the Revenue Org. Um, I live in California. Um so it's very yeah. in the morning where you are right now. It is very in the morning. The sun has not shown yet. Um, and it's quite cold for California. <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. put that on there because yeah, I spent a, quite a bit of time in California, specifically Los Angeles area. Uh, and some San Francisco. San Francisco actually does get quite cold at night. Uh, L.A.'s cold, though, is I remember being there in January. My wife and kids are at home in you know, two foot of snow and negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'm over there and it's 45 degrees and people are like, oh, it's cold. Like, what? <laughs> it's not cold. Yeah. You should talk to my wife. Yeah, we, we, we spent a lot of time in Florida growing up. Um, and so, yeah, we always used to laugh when people complain it was cold there. You know, they'd be walking around with big heavy winter coats on and we were in shorts and T-shirts because yeah. it was like, oh, this is really mild. <laughs> Well, it's a different perspective. You yeah. know, when, when you come from a cold environment, well, even your cold environment, David, isn't exactly. really all that cold to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm used yeah. to just, honestly, we've had so far nothing. It, it's, yesterday was like 50 degrees, which is mm. just nice, but it was raining all day. And half the people are like, oh, stupid rain, I wish it would snow. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about that. I like snow between now and say January third. So you get a nice wintry, you know, the 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 lawn uh, lights. You know, everybody puts up Christmas lights are reflecting mm, off yeah. the snow, and it's Christmassy, and that's cool. By January third, I'm done with it. Let's go back to spring now. So basically, you like snow without shoveling. Oh yes, I hate shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the yeah. the worst things in the world. And and Sid's going snow. What snow? Snow. <laughs> Are you, so, Sid, are you are you actually from California? Were you brought up in California? Or? Oh no, I, I I actually grew up in India. I came here when I was like seventeen or something. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, oh, your so accent I, is almost gone. Yeah, it, yeah, I yeah, I think it's been a while. I yeah. Did you have so to work like, on it, or was it natural for you? I think it was not like I think I knew I was going to come here, so like a lot of my high school was just spent uh, doing like English courses, uh, like speaking, listening. Uh, well, 
in India, like we speak English from when we were very young. Um, sure. Yeah. But um, I think when I realized that uh, I want to study in the United States, I um, I practice a lot more than I would have, um, like how to communicate, how to effectively write, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, you, even since like ninth grade in high school, I've been I've been trying to learn. Um, and I think coming here, like I, I tried to just speak as much as I could with just like random strangers and then. Just, so, yeah. What year did you come here? Uh, 2012 or 2013, okay. 2013, early 2013. Yeah. It's a different it's world. Then. Yeah, absolutely. So uh-huh. what I found about people from other countries as someone mm-hmm. who now sells cars for a living instead of working in the tech field like I did for 20 some years um, accents get really, really bad during the negotiation process. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Whether they're from India or yeah. China or Mexico yeah. or wherever, when you're uh-huh. negotiating how much the car is going to cost them, yeah. Um, yeah. boy, the accents get really bad and they don't seem to understand what I'm saying a lot. And then once that's over with, the accents almost disappear. It's kind of a miracle. I think I think that must be that must be stress. Obviously, when you're mm. stressed, it's difficult mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. thinking. It's more difficult to think and communicate in a second language than. Uh, oh, I, right. I actually called yeah. one lady out on it. <laughs> <laughs> she, when she first came in, her accent wasn't thick at all, and then we, after the test drive, she came back. It got really bad, and she kept asking. I'm sorry to understand that, but she was, and I finally said. Look, I, I know you're doing this as a, a, a negotiation yeah. tactic here. Yeah. It's not working at all. You you can drop the phony. I don't understand you. And she turned red and started laughing. Because so, <laughs> I just called her out on it. But she she still did pretty good in, in everything. And she was happy. So and actually, she gave me a really good positive review. Yeah. So that's always nice. I To me, it's just I, I don't care where people are from what they do mm-hmm. who cares at the yeah. end of the day we're all pretty much the same and, and yeah. the only thing i would say is one thing that constantly impresses me with the people i come across is how those of us who live in english-speaking countries are so bad at learning other people's languages and oh, yet yeah. so many other people in the world they will they will learn and and as as tim pointed out to you Sid, mm-hmm. I mean, we could barely hear your accent. In fact, and I can only hear your accent now that you pointed it out to me. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I would have, ne- I would have never, never crossed my mind just hearing your hearing your speaking that you weren't a native, uh, you know, first born born in a, a, a native English environment. So um, it was impressed me that that people from other countries uh, learn English, which is not an easy language to learn. Because the right. rules, the rules are so odd, uh, and learn to speak it so much better than many of us learn to mm-hmm. eat, speak other languages. Well, so. and there's no question that most, at least Americans, I can't speak for the English because I don't live there and I don't see how you guys go, how you act when you travel abroad. But <laughs> the, Eng- the the Americans are so we're so stupid that if someone doesn't understand us. We just talk louder and slow. Like that's going to yeah, help. We really? do that too. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they do that in India. They don't. They don't slow down and say the same thing in their in their language, thinking, "Well, this is going to help." We're, <laughs> right. we're dumb. We're yeah. just dumb here. Um, so, what made you come to the U.S.? 
Yeah, I mean, I um, I think when I was looking for colleges and I was thinking about where I want to study, um, United States was obviously the best choice um, to study. Um, I think high school education is pretty solid in India. So like an average like Indian high school student would be like 10x like ahead of like uh, average United States, United States high school student, right. but, co- but college United States, that's where it takes off. Um, like average college U S student would be like a thousand X, like stronger than like a average, um, Indian college student. Mm-hmm. So I think just, yeah, just, uh, just a lack of infrastructure for, um, college education in my country. I was like, okay, gotta, gotta find somewhere where I can continue the growth. Um, did you know yeah, you wanted I, to be a software engineer? Oh yeah, since I was very young. Um, I think in in India, like we we write code since we're in fifth grade. Yeah. Uh, so I I was I was already in love, and I was um, I think sixth seventh grade I was writing games uh, like Pong wow. and Snake. Um, so at that, that that age, I I knew that this was something I wanted to do, and. Uh, just looking at all the people who have done great things in computer science, everyone pretty much comes from the United States. Yeah. Uh, so here, yeah. here's my question, yeah. and I'm sure Twitter's fine to work for. Um, uh-huh. Obviously, you know, it, it's a big, big company. Uh-huh. There's some security in working for a big company, but was it working for a big company kind of the, the goal, or was it more, is it, or is it now more of a, stepping stone to to mm. do something that you want to do to kind of be in charge right. of your own destiny is is that the ultimate goal and i don't think anybody yeah. that you work for mm-hmm. would begrudge you for something like that oh no i actually like i think my first meeting with the manager i told him that hey this is not this is not my life goal uh, right. i told him that one day i want to start my company mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and what he told me was all right let's get you ready for it um that's awesome that's a great attitude yeah. on their end yeah but I also think that that is something to do with the technology culture here. I, I don't think it's just here in the U.S., although I think it is mm-hmm. pretty prominent here, that many of these tech companies know that they're going to get um, low-grade engineers to begin with, that mm-hmm. they're going to go on to something bigger and potentially better as time goes on, and they accept that. Whereas in the non-tech industries... You know, I think a lot of companies don't want to hear you say, hey, you know, I want to start working here and eventually I'm going to start my own restaurant. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear that you want to move into management and the upper mobility in the company. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, there are many companies here in the UK where if you take training, they then kind of put you into you're not allowed to leave for 12 months, two years because we paid for training. Um, and they put that into your contract, which is, uh, you know, well, um, yeah, it, well, it, it, I think I understand where they're coming from in oh. that they don't want to pay for training and have people immediately leave. But by the same token, it doesn't really, first of all, it doesn't give much respect to the employee who, um, you know, not everybody is going to do that. And and secondly, yeah, I think it gives the impression that the the company just sees you as a, as a number, as a person, and not as a person, which is uh, is unfortunate, really. I, I mean, obviously, Twitter came out of a startup culture as a startup itself. It's great, it's, but it's great that they continue to pay that attitude forward rather than turning into, you know, the, the typical big corporate who, who might have, um, you know, more self-interest rather than the interest of their employees at mind. 
Well, I was on right. Twitter very, very, very early. Um, but beyond that, I actually, um, I don't want to say friends, but I'm an acquaintances and ex-business partner with one of the people that was there at the very beginning to help start it. So I've got kind of a little bit of a history with Twitter. I know a lot of people, um, you know, are down on social media. I'm not. Mm. Uh, I've been using it, well, since the beginning. But I look at social media, I think, differently than a lot of people do, simply because I use it for the most part, at least Twitter, as more of a uh, promotional tool for you know the network and my Mac and that kind of thing, where I'm not putting a whole lot of my own stuff out there as far as opinions and uh, because that I kind of save for Facebook, where it's people I actually know. Whereas I think Twitter is it's just different, and I'm glad that Twitter never became Facebook and Facebook didn't really try to become Twitter either. Um, I'm kind of glad for that. So what do you do on a daily basis there at Twitter? Hmm. Um, so it, it actually really depends on what uh, stage of the project that I'm in, um, uh, that, that the, the stage of the project is in. Um, so if it's in the very early stages, like my most days look uh, pretty heavy on just design and engineering, just sitting down with the team and planning the next six months on like, what are we building? How are we building? Why? Um, understanding the different pieces, um, putting together teams. Um, but as we spec out things, we understand what exactly is it we're building, what's the complexity, what what is the standard. Um, then uh, most of my days are essentially um, running a team, understanding if there's any blockers, um, time to market, um, working with the product manager, engineering managers, uh, different folks like sales, uh, strategy, um, and Sounds then like helping any. It does sound like a lot of meetings. Uh, mostly, I try to keep like two days in a week, just meeting free, um, which is also just the culture at our company. We uh, like Fridays are no meeting days, Tuesdays are no meeting days. Right. Um, so you, you, you could have those days, um, but it's it's kind of hard to avoid in the day to day, you know, like um, someone's blocked and they need to meet. Like, it's hard to say, oh, it's, it's a no meeting day. Sorry, cannot help you today. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, and then finally, in the in the late stages of any product, it would be more um, again, back to just back to the sometimes the whiteboard and understanding, OK, what went wrong? Um and uh, shipping, testing of any products, um, and finally going to market. So, how um, how have things changed for you this year? Have you are you are you still were, were you always office based? Was your team office based, or have you always been more virtual? And how has things changed mm-hmm. with the the changes in the world from from uh, coronavirus? Yeah, things things have changed a lot. Um, we so. We, we always tried to be as remote as possible, but it was very San Francisco heavy. At least my team was. Right. There were teams who were uh, in a couple of different time zones, but my team was primarily in the uh, Pacific. Uh, and um, I think changes came in like multiple facets. Like first of all, it was just like tools and like how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Um 
um, especially for anyone new joining the team, uh, we we had to write like a whole playbook on how to onboard someone uh, yeah. remotely because mm-hmm. they're they haven't met the team at all. Um, and and it's generally the first two weeks where just random questions to them pop up. Hey, I can't access this dashboard. What do I need? Yeah. And someone's like, oh, you just need this permission. Hey, click this button and you'll be good to go. Uh, so these like 10 second questions would save up like an hour of your time. Yeah. Um, there's this class of interactions which you can just walk up to someone's desk and just quickly ask them a question and they'll unblock you. So all of that was out of the window. Um, so we, we, we tried some things. Uh, for example, we would stay on a video call all day, not talk to each other, but just stay there in case a new hire actually has a question. Right. Um, kind of creating that similar um, avenue for them to be able to ask us any questions. Mm-hmm. Um, then just the regular meetings. Um, what, what, what really happened also with me was a lot of meetings actually just got canceled. We were like, okay, this maybe is not as necessary as we thought it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, I think that's a lot of businesses that they, once they went more of a virtual or heavy virtual, at least on some of the employees that they found, you know what, we probably, we're, we're a little bit more efficient now because I'm not spending so much time in the stupid meetings that mm-hmm. aren't necessary. You know, mm-hmm. even the industry I work in now that we don't have the meetings that we used to. We used to have a Monday morning meeting every Monday and right. everybody, reg- they're like, oh, here comes that stupid meeting again. And the same 85% of the meeting, exactly what it was last week. It, it, and it's mm-hmm. just a complete time waste. Well, they don't do that anymore. Or if we do have a meeting, everyone stays far apart and it lasts about five minutes and we disperse. Right. And I think a lot of businesses are like that. They're finding that. There's a culture of having a meeting to have a meeting. And I think some of that is going away. And I think that's probably for the positive. Yep. 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 Make sure everyone's uh, on the same page. Everyone's on the same page. Let's let's go. On. Let's move on. <laughs> we, we don't need an hour and a half meeting to find out everyone's on the same page. Right. Okay. Right. So let me ask you a question. It's a little <laughs> bit political. <laughs> you came here in a time... Uh, in a political environment that was, um, at least from the inside looking out, if you will, mm. uh, was way more welcoming to mm. uh, people from other countries coming here to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last four years, I feel, has been the opposite of that. Do mm. you see that too, or have you not seen that big of a change? Um, so so I think I've seen some change in the rhetoric Um uh, and uh, some changes in policies. Uh, but, you know, like just looking holistically at the United States and just other countries, um, I think there's still far greater ways <clears throat> to enter the United States if you're, if you're like a, a, a really excelling student or someone really excelling in arts, sciences, um, I so think, too much emphasis on a skill set and less of an yeah. emphasis on the quote unquote American dream that anybody can hear come here and, mm. and make something of themselves. Right. And 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 to be honest, like I, I actually never been I mean, even when I was coming here, I I didn't think of it as uh, a country you like I mean I, I learned about the American dream after I came here. You know, yeah. the only thing I knew when uh, I was coming here was like, oh, they have great uh, college education, um, 
and uh, companies there like to hire people who are smart from all around the world. Yeah. Um, and you can go there and build something. Um, so I, I, I think relatively speaking, it was still always the country which had the most amount of ingress traffic, um, being able to just bring smart people in, uh, even after the changes rhetoric, I think relatively it still stood out to me as a country which was accepting of other folks. That's to me what I, I know some people may have different definitions of the American dream. Yeah. What I, to me, what it means is hmm. um, this, this is supposed to be anyways, a country that brings uh, different cultures and different people and different everything hmm. and make it work here as well. And as a whole, we all take advantage of, you know, the best of the best. And I don't just mean the smartest people or the most gifted. Um, I mean, the best of the cultures of those companies or those countries as well. Uh, as an example, my wife and I was joking about this not too long ago. Uh, and I brought her up at work and everyone kind of agreed that that was funny here in the U S let's say you're, you're going to spend a week planning out your meals. Hmm. Well, we'll have Chinese food on Monday. Tuesday will be taco Tuesday. We're going to have uh, spaghetti on Wednesday. We're going to have fish and chips on Thursday. Already, I've named four dishes from four different parts of the world where I don't know if they do that. And heaven forbid you have Mexican two nights in a row. Oh, my God, it's a tragedy. Um, you know, what What do you mean we're going to have pizza, uh, two, uh, you know, twice this week? You know, that we have such a diverse food culture in this country and that comes from our openness to bring in things from all over the world and make it work here as well as we can um i do other countries do that i don't know david what do you think do um, other countries yeah i think i think we do to a degree i think the choices of uh what what we're going to have tonight um are probably less rigid here in the UK. I don't think... Uh, for instance, I know you guys are way into Indian food. Well, yeah. But way this... more than the US. We're more into Chinese and Mexican Exactly. Food here. But here's here's the thing. The Indian food, we the, the typical, what's known as a like a British Indian restaurant, which is not run by British people. These are, uh, tend to be run by uh, people from India and Pakistan and Bangladesh. Uh, and they bring their own cultural twist to it, but they adapt that food. The source of menu that you would have on a on a typical high street Indian restaurant here in the UK is not the source of thing that people in India would eat because no, it's no, been obviously. it's been it's completely adapted. Well, it's it's not even that. Yeah, it's been completely adapted. They've there's a whole load of dishes that that basically were invented by first generation Indian mm. and Pakistani immigrants when they first started doing Indian restaurant foods here well, in the UK the in the sixties. With, with uh, Mexican food and probably more prominently Chinese food. What we call Chinese food here in the U.S. is not what they eat in China. No. It's just it's a totally different uh, palate and menu. But yet that's what we call it here because it was that first and second generation of Chinese immigrants uh, that were this is what they were making yeah. at the time. So that's the that's the mm. culture of food that we have here. So about, about but I think that, yeah. that it goes beyond just food, though. I think it goes through the entire society. That's right. So about 20 years ago, there was a, a troupe of, um, of Asian uh, comedians who had a, had an, like an Asian sketch show on the BBC. Um, and they did this very famous sketch 
which which it shows these uh these guys going these uh, Indian people going to an Indian restaurant and they go in uh, and and the, the waiter says um, says what what can I, what can I like what would what would you like tonight and the Indian people go tonight I'm going to have an English right and then they start basically parodying the way sometimes British people might behave in an Indian restaurant with you know oh, I want the spiciest food I want a vindaloo um, and all sorts this sort of thing only instead it was it was Indian people kind of parodying what you know what what you might have from an english restaurant you know so uh I, yeah i want um i want i want fish and chips uh, and i want i want the uh you know the the uh, vegetables to be cooked within an inch of their lives don't give me any of that like tasty stuff and it was all of this sort of you know thing kind of riffing off the fact that um you know just as British people in an Indian restaurant often don't understand what they're eating and and how they might eat it in the same way you know just time of flipping it on its head it was quite funny all right. So I actually stepped away from the mic for, for a second right there. <laughs> Guess you had to be there then. <laughs> well, it was three cups of coffee. So. Um, let me ask, Sid, now you're a, a software engineer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you back a little bit. Um, there were these engineers that were working on, in physics, and they figured out how to split the atom and harness that energy. Now, mm-hmm. the uh, original goal of those um, those experiments were not to create a weapon. But, of mm-hmm. course, that's one of the byproducts of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think um, they should never have been involved in that because look what it led to. Mm-hmm. As an engineer yourself, as mm-hmm. someone that creates something, mm-hmm. is the end product... Does that ever worry you what it could be used for as opposed to what you created it for? Now, you may be creating a a new platform for Mm -hmm. advertisers to get their products out in front of people on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But do you ever worry, okay, what's the the worst conclusion that the software could be used for? Does that ever enter into, hey, I have an idea, I want to create this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... um I think it's it's becoming even more and more important that the creators of these technologies um, take a step back and really understand uh, the complications and uh, the consequences of building anything. Uh, and then this is, as, as you said, this is not a new problem, right? Like no. uh, it, it has existed since the beginning of time. Um, so I, I, I think it's... Uh, I think uh, at least me and my peers, like we, we understand uh, and uh, the, the, the thing that comes to my mind is um, having the right set of principles, having the right set of uh, counsel when building anything, uh, understanding uh, different viewpoints, uh, understanding, uh, looking, looking far ahead. Uh, but at the same time, it's also uh, sometimes you just cannot. Uh, which is uh, which is why I think they always call it the double-edged sword. Uh, some most of the times you just cannot see that far into the future and see the second, third-order effects of any technology. Um, but I think it, it it needs to come from a place of first acknowledging it that yes, there would be a problem, there can be a problem, um, and then working as hard as humanly possible to avoid most of those scenarios. 
I guess the difficulty comes is that uh, you know one of the it's always been been like this with technology is that um, the technology itself can is 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 apolitical. It doesn't take sides. It doesn't you know it's very rare for a technology to be designed for a specific purpose that ethically people might say oh that's bad obviously building a weapon you could you could make that argument but by the same token you know a weapon that's powerful enough to end a war saves lives uh, is is the counter argument i think the difficulty with technology is that sometimes it's difficult for us to recognize how people might use it uh, and what the consequences of that use might be and the technology itself doesn't necessarily have that built in i'd imagine if you went back in time to the to um you know the founders of twitter and you said to them well it, it, how would you feel if your platform was the primary platform for political discourse in the american country before an election they would go they would probably go that sounds great that's something we should aim for uh, what we found out is that there are good and bad sides of that of those conversations now that now that they're happening um and um you know, I, I will be very interested to see in the future how history looks back on this time when we've had this explosion of technical solutions that are designed to help us communicate more effectively. Um, and let's face it, I think none of us would have got through this last year without the sort of technology that allows us to communicate face-to-face with people more easily than the perhaps we could have done 20 years ago. Um, it's been an incredibly powerful thing that we've been able to continue our jobs and communicate with our family and easily keep in touch with people all over the world during a terrible, terrible time. But by the same token, the problem with that is is exactly the same thing. It lets people communicate, lets people argue, it lets people... <laughs> um you know bunch up with with uh with uh other people who had the same ideas of them can become a bit of an echo chamber um and uh and that that's the downside of it but uh the technology itself kind of doesn't necessarily take a view unless it's skynet and i very much hope that nobody at twitter is working on that Yeah, Skynet would be a bad thing. <laughs> we can all, I think we all agree that let's not do Skynet. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the issues that I see um, that the technology hasn't come to grips with or how to fix it yet, and Twitter um, is in the same category, is all the bots that are out there uh, mm. disguised as humans. And you see it on every social media platform. Um, you see, you even see it on uh, Amazon with fake reviews and stuff like that. Uh, that's something that I really hope that as Sid gets older, he he tackles and cures for the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, we, no pressure. Yeah, we need no, a, no pressure. We need a Terminator, but it's got to be focused on the bots. <laughs> on the bots. Yeah. So let's move on to something a little bit more fun. Apple uh, this week announced and started shipping uh, a new pair of headphones. And I'll be honest with you, I have zero interest in them myself. I, The only Apple headphones or speakers or anything that I have are the ones that probably ship with my iPhone 8 Plus uh, because they don't put them in. I didn't get a pair of headphones with my new iPhone 12 Pro. Um, David, I know that you sent me a text. I'm trying to remember what it was. But you were basically bitching about how much these things cost. Yeah, I, I just think um, for what they are, uh, and, and I'll obviously I'll hold up my hands. I haven't seen these. I haven't touched these. I haven't used them. I don't know what they sound like. And the review cycle is pretty early on these as well. So yep. I think a lot of other people are in the same position. They kind of came, 
They were announced out of the blue. Apple did not pre-release uh, pre-seed review units to uh, reviewers. Which, which, by the way, is usually not a good sign. Yeah, well, I, I have heard rumours that apparently this this has been a troubled product and they basically decided just to drop it as it was, or they got it to a point where they thought it was releasable. Um, my issue with it is that uh, $550 is really putting them up. I mean, the, 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 the devices with the equivalent functionality broadly are the Bose... Um, noise cancelling headphones sony has a very well regarded pair of noise cancelling headphones over the years which are half the price which are half the price mm. now the the question whenever you see that is is does apple build enough value into these to make them worth double the price and you you came back to me and you said oh well if they really do sound good then um premium headphones you know kind of audiophile headphones often chart often are a lot more expensive than 550 dollars um, yeah, they, um, I got to take up my headphones off to look at these because I always forget this. So I have a pair of AKG's um, Case 272 HDs. Now these are, oh gosh, 10 years old at this point, maybe. I don't even know. Um, but they are, um, they don't, they do not have active noise cancellation um, because that adds a level of complexity to, uh, to true audiophile experience that you shouldn't have. Yeah. But are they wireless? They, no, no. Well, these are ten years old. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, wireless didn't. They did, but they were crappy, mm. horrible cans that you can get. But these are extremely comfortable, super lightweight. Um, they fit extremely well. They're very comfortable. They almost have this velvet type of material that goes over your ears. I've always preferred over-the-ear headphones over on the ear or earbuds. I hate earbuds. They give me headaches after right. a while. They really do. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to headphones, these are the type that I prefer. And I used to review a lot of headphones. If you go back through my Mac 25 years of publishing, I've probably reviewed 25 different headphones. Yeah. And these are my favorite. They sound better than any other headphones I've ever used for our, a variety of reasons, comfort, but mostly sound quality. And what's the list um, price of a pair like that nowadays? Oh, probably about five hundred bucks. Right, okay. the, the, the equivalent of these five six hundred bucks. So, so Sid, when do you come to the high end headphones? It, no, it, it this is the yeah. standard bearer. No, I'm going I'm to come back to that in a minute, Tim. <laughs> What's Sid? Sid, do you are you a headphone wearer? Yeah. Do you do you have them? I know yes. a lot of coders have them on all the time. Yeah, I I, I do have the Bose noise cancelling. Uh, right. I think the older edition, not the newest one. Uh, the one the one right before. Yeah. Um, which yeah, really think, probably sounds about the same. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was I was actually talking to one of my friends. He's an audio engineer uh, about about the new Apple uh, headphones, and um, his point was um, he was he was saying anything you buy over a hundred dollars, you're not buying for the quality or the value. Uh, you're buying for the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said if you if you're past hundred dollars, uh, you you could get. You could get a great pair of headphones under $100, which is worth the value. Past that, uh, if you're buying Apple, you're buying because it's Apple. If you're buying Bose, you're buying because it's Bose. Right. Um, yeah. Well, yes and no. I would, you know, that's someone who probably doesn't get the audio files, the ones who are really listening. Mm. Um, because I can hear a huge difference between uh, a 200 pair. $200 pair of headphones and a $500 pair of headphones. Uh, Easily, I can hear the difference yeah. in just the dynamic range. Like, 
I know that Apple acquired uh, Beats a few years right. ago, and every single pair of Beats I've ever heard sound like crap, even the more expensive ones. And they have headphones that are reaching up to those price points as well. Yeah. Um, and I agree with, yeah, they're, they cost that much because they're Beats, mm-hmm. but they artificially change the sound. They add bass because they think that's what those people want to hear, but it sounds like crap. Um, the audio fidelity of those headphones are not good at all. And so in that respect, I would say, yes, they're, they're, it's got a premium price simply because of the brand name. Yeah. But the true high-end headphones, mm-hmm. the ones that most people have probably never heard of, I think most people have probably never heard of AKG headphones. Yep. Um, if you mm-hmm. go and ask a random 20 people, have you heard of it? Name one of these headphones you've heard before, and you say Bose, Sony, uh, yeah. uh, Apple, or AKG. AKG's yeah. not going to be anywhere in no. there. Most people have heard of Sennheiser, and Sennheiser do uh, mm. sets of headphones up at that price that are very well regarded, but I completely agree with you, Tim. Huh? Sennheiser and AKG AKG's are the same company. Yeah. Okay, that's, well, there's a lot of consolidation in the market. I'd, I'd completely yeah. agree with that. But the issue I have with these is that... With the I, Apple. With the Apple ones, is I don't believe you can make the audio file comparison fairly with a pair of headphones that have active noise cancellation and use wireless technology because those two technologies compromise the sound so much that you will you can't claim they are audiophile headphones if they're using those technologies these apple ones by all accounts apparently won't work at all without power yeah so they are always processing the the audio and i know from experience that you just cannot get no matter how good it is and i use airpods pros uh i've used plenty of different headphones over the years and i just know that it always sounds better through a cable so you look at and i did this i actually looked at the top 20 um rated audiophile brands from a couple of different hi-fi magazines before we did the show um because i knew we were going to have this conversation and two are one Every single one of those things, and they all cost anywhere between well, this the like cheapest ones are about five six hundred dollars. They went up to about two and a half three thousand. Yeah, yep. none of them were anything other than over the ear wired headphones. Because Correct. if you want audio file quality, that's what you've got to have. So, with that in mind, I don't think it is a useful comparison to compare the Apple headphones to audio file headphones. I think you do have to compare them with their feature comparable competitors which are the bose and the sony's and with the bose and the sony's again i question whether they have built in double the value for something which actually you look at it has a lot of these typical apple compromises they're made of metal which means they're heavier which yeah that's the thing that i was reading over and over how heavy they feel exactly yeah absolutely the wrong i get why Apple would go with metal headphones because that's a marketing thing. Yeah. But from a pure standpoint of quality and comfort, oh my God, that's a hundred percent the wrong decision. That's yeah. awful. And then these these charge with a lightning cable. They, they apparently have no controls on them, so you can't turn them off unless you put them in the case. The case itself is not a hard case. It's some kind of weird fabric bra thing, which means you can't, yeah, which means you can't travel with them because you can't throw them in a bag with a whole load of other stuff and worry about them not getting damaged. Then there is going to be the, the typical questions with Apple stuff about longevity. You made a very good point to me, Tim, which is, and and actually you mentioned it, those AKG headphones you have on, which you wear for, which, yeah, 
you've had them for 10 years and you use them all the time because you are a podcaster. Yeah. You're always well, wearing I, them. I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't wear them as much as I used to. I used to wear them a lot more, yeah. but yes, a good quality over the ear headphones should last you for a decade. And people are saying, wait a minute, these are $550. That's ridiculous. Well, the battery, really? yeah. you spent a thousand dollars on your yeah. phone and you're replacing that every two to three years. Exactly. And they the battery right, yeah. is going to get three times the longevity. They're going to, I assume I haven't listened to them. I assume they're going to sound really, really good. Most people do not travel with over the ear headphones. Most people travel with earbuds. It's way easier just to listen to music on a plane with, you know, noise canceling earbuds are easier to travel with. Yeah, they but that, I think, I think, longer. yeah, I think actually, I, I, having spent a lot of time traveling a lot of long distance, actually, an awful lot of people use over the air headphones for airplanes and they, they, they deal with the fact that they, um, you know, they, they're traveling with the bulk and everything. It's just because they are over the area phones with noise cancelling are just much better on a plane than even the AirPods Pros. Mm-hmm. And, and the remember, right. the AirPods Pros are relatively new. The ability to do decent noise cancelling in the ear with a bud is, is a relatively new capability. If you go back 10, 15 years, everyone had it the Boses. Yeah? yeah. So pe- people do travel with them. And these are not as good to travel with. You can just see that already as their competitors that are half the price. So, again, another problem with them. You know, and and they're not going to last 10 years because they run off a battery. No. The battery will not last 10 years. Yeah, I just pulled off the other headphones that I have in my collection here. I don't know what – I can't find a model number on these. I got a pair of Sony that I – quite honestly, they're noise-canceling, but I never use. The ones, the over-the-ear, these are almost on the ear, but – they're kind of right between, to be honest. Uh, it's you can listen to it either wired or wireless, and the only time I ever listen to these is when I'm like mowing the lawn, and I and it's only because it has a built-in mic, and I can also use them as that you know a yeah. phone call if I'm wearing them. Although I think I've done that maybe twice my entire life. Uh, it's a pair of Nakamichi, yeah, you know, and they sound. Do they sound as good as my AKGs? No, but they have active f- noise cancellation, which are as good as the Bose and they cost maybe when they're brand new 150 bucks, if that, and yeah. the audio quality is 75, maybe even 80% of what I'm used to with the AKGs. But when I'm mowing a lawn, yeah. <laughs> cranking out ACDC or something, I'm not so concerned about, you know, hearing uh, the guy's guitar pick on the string in a certain song. I'm just enjoying the music as I'm sweating. And, and Yeah. And I think that's another reason that, that Bose, I mean, a lot of people ding Bose for the sound because it is a very artificial sound. It's very, very yes. processed. Some I've pe- never been impressed with the Bose. Yeah. Well, with the current generation of Bose stuff. Yeah. Some pe- yeah for some- Bose speakers, you'd have to go back to the late sixties, early seventies to really get a really good sounding pair of bows. Yeah. And, and the thing is some people like that sound, some people don't, that's fine. But the thing is, is if I had, um, I used to have a pair of wired in ear Bose headphones with noise cancelling. And if you turn the noise cancelling off and just listen to them on pass through, it sounded awful because they didn't have the processing. The processing is kind Mm -hmm. of making up for deficiencies or choices they've made in the drivers and the construction and what sorts of thing. I've no idea whether Apple is doing that or not, but I know that the things basically will only run on a battery. Um, So there's a very good chance that they are. 
Well, I'm if sure they have no controls on it. Can you even turn off noise cancellation on those? Yeah, I'm sure you can do it via software. I don't can't imagine you can do it on the on the headphone themselves because they have. They, they, apparently, they were talking about doing a touch control and they abandoned it because it didn't work properly. So uh, again, your look. These are designed to be work work used with Apple devices. They're going to work best with Apple devices. It's always the case. The AirPods Pro are, are exactly the same. The regular AirPods are the same. I'm I'm not really going to ding them for that. But I, I, I think my concern is that this price point shows a level of hubris that is not going to be reflected in this product. And it's going to be another one of those kind of white elephants like the the first home pod like the apple hi-fi it's one of those things that is going to quietly fade from the market because nobody's going to buy it because it's substantially less value than than its competitive products no matter how good it think? sounds what do you think Sid? um yeah i mean i'm i'm conflicted with 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 apple i i know their their bar for quality is has been generally high in the his, in in the past, but over the past like year or two, I'm also a little bit um, suspicious of uh, just their like core product and engineering quality over the products. Yeah. Like the past two Macintoshes I've had, like I had to throw them out because uh, mm-hmm. just wouldn't work. I I went to the Apple Store to get them fixed like multiple times. At which point I decided, okay, this is not worth the time. Yeah, um, the keyboard issue or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, the, the, it's amazing the it took bars. them that long to fix the 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 keyboards. Every they were universally hated for three years, and it took that long to go back to a design that worked good. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so if you were to ask me back in the days of Steve Jobs, I'd be like, okay, I if they're doing this, um, there's probably something to it. Uh, but now I, yeah, I don't know if I would if I would be down to even try these and and i pointed out to tim in our conversation on on the yeah. on message i, I said look I'm, I'm an airpods pro user i've just had both of them replaced because they recalled them all they recalled every one they made up until october of this oh. year because they developed this rattling problem and mine did you know yeah. uh so so again you even there you you're paying a lot of money and you, you have to worry about apple's core quality abilities at this point you know it's always a bit bit more of a punt than it used to be so have you heard, Sid, in, in your industry, anybody talking mm-hmm. about these headphones, wanting to get them, or is it just not kind of a non-starter? No one's even mentioned them. No, I've, I've been talking to a lot. So I think pretty much a lot of my friends, we, we talked about it. So it's definitely generating a lot of conversations. Um, but there's only a very few who are actually down to try um, because – over the year, headphones are also, as, as you said, they're just a long-term commitment. You know, I, I have a yep. pair of mine that I really like. You know, I'm, uh, I probably wouldn't try anything unless these stop working. That uh, was my point to David. People, when people get over-the-ear headphones and they spend any yeah. kind of money on them, yeah. anything over 150 bucks, you're kind of committing to that head, pair of headphones for a long time because, quite honestly, they're going to last that long. At least they should. Yeah. Uh, right. Apple's quality problems and and notwithstanding. Um, but I think with earbuds, I think it's different. I think mm. that, you know, with earbuds, you spend a couple hundred bucks and after a year or two, eh, it's time for a new pair or, um, I, I'm willing to try them. I think it's different with over the ear headphones. I don't know why, but I think it is. Yeah. And, and also as well, yeah. something that, that Bose has not had to compete with for a, a much of its life is 
products at the low end. Yeah, you can pick up a $30, $40 set of noise-cancelling head over-the-ear headphones now. Now, will they sound anything like even a Bose or a Sony? No. But the no. thing is, they're, again, they're a third less a third of the price of the Boses, at least. Well, yeah? in, in, in and, that respect, though, uh, you, David, you know I'm part of the Vine program at yeah. Amazon. So I get tons and tons of free items that I can review anytime I want. So I just pulled mine up. And I'm going to uh, additional items, and let me find it real quick, because this is going to kind of give you. I think it's under is it electronics. Let me look real quick here, just to give you an idea. Um, no, it's not. Oh, headphones. There it is. So under additional items and under headphones. Now they they clump everything under headphones. Yeah. Whether it's earbuds or over the ear headphones, there's 53 items that. There and every one of these are either wired or wireless. Most of them are earbuds, but there are some over-the-ear head headphones and some over-the-ear head headphones that you know have the the mic that sticks out for gaming yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I don't know half of these brands. Well, yeah, the, I I agree. I mean, they're all coming from the same, you know, probably two or three Chinese factories, all with with random brands on. But the point is, is that. Some of these, some of these devices, yeah, are they anywhere as good as Bo- as Bose, Apple, or Sony, or any of the other, you know, multi hundred dollar over the ear brands? No, but they're fifty, sixty bucks. A lot of people no, go. No, most of these, most of these are twenty five to thirty five. Well, bucks. yeah, I'm talking about the act- ones with active noise cancellation on. If you find ones with these active all noise, have no, these all have. Almost all of these. Have uh, yeah, you've got to be now. you've got to be careful. A lot of those cheap Chinese you ones. You and I know that, but yeah. you know, if you're buying a pair of headphones or earbuds for your kids to use, this is exactly what you're spending. Yeah. you're spending thirty five to sixty five bucks for noise cancellation. I particularly like the ones that show the fake water splash. Yeah, by the way. Okay, that's that's yeah. that's a good sign. I yeah. what I'm what I'm kind of getting to is is that people who are remotely tech savvy, if they want some form of active noise cancellation. A lot of those will say noise cancellation because they block your ears. Um, yep. yeah, but but the ones with active noise cancellation, where we're talking about where it has a microphone and it does some processing to cancel out what it hears outside the the ear, yeah? You can pick up, certainly for less than $100, you can pick up cheap Chinese brands, maybe even a brand you've heard of like Anchor or Orki or something like that, yeah? Now, I think a lot of people who are looking to tread you know dip a toe into this space are going to start with those um and then for them the next pair they, they're going to try them they're going to go on a flight when we can all fly again they're going to try them they're going to, going to see they're okay and then they're mm. going to they're going to hear from people well actually you know the the bose ones the noise cancelling is amazing and to be fair with bose those the bose ones has never been about the sound quality it's always been about the quality of the noise cancellation which is truly amazing so I used to take these Nakamichis on the plane with me just for the noise cancellation. Yeah. Even if I wasn't listening to anything, exactly. I would put a monitor yeah. and that on and, just to kill the drone. And and that's that to me is the proof of how good the noise cancellation can be. If you can yeah, effectively use them as earmuffs. By the way, I got to take back. I, I'm just going through the descriptions on at least a quarter of these while you were talking, David, and yeah. none of them are talking about noise cancellation. Yeah. So they they will normally put right. noise cancellation in the, in the description title. Uh, and what they're basically right. doing is they're saying, Oh, you stick these in your ears. You won't hear as much from the outside. That's, that's what they mean. Um, anyway, oh, 
<laughs> you know, uh, it's, one that has a, a, a pair of lightning bolts sh- shooting out into the headphones because they're chargeable. <laughs> that's what you want. Um, there you go. But I, I think lightning I can. Lightning in my ear. Yeah. Thank you. That sounds fun. I can see the progression where somebody buys a pair of, you know, $70, $80 ch- cheap Chinese noise cancelling headphones. They kind of like them and then they go, right, well, what's the next step up? Now, the choice at that point is going to be. Well, Bose, Sony, Bose, or Bose, Sony, or Apple, and you're going to go right. Well, right. so it's two hundred dollars more for the Bose, or four hundred fifty dollars more for the Apple. Yeah, I'm not going to go for the Apple. Yeah, yeah, I don't think app. I think Apple has priced these in a very disadvantaged or challenged market. So you're not competing with the high end audio because the high end audio guys aren't going to buy these. They have. They're wireless only, like you said, David, and they have noise cancellation. So people like me that are looking for true high-fidelity, great headphones aren't even going to consider these. Especially as well. And just to add to that, um, you're not – people with audiophile headphones are not listening to mp3s or streaming because what's the point because that music source in itself is hugely compromised. They're plugging into a hi-fi with a, a high quality source. Right. When I, I have a playlist on my, in iTunes that are for explicitly either speaker or headphone review and they're all AIF files. They take a lot of space. Don't get me wrong, but they're uncompressed still digital, which, okay. Um, you can't get away from that nowadays, but they're uncompressed CD quality audio. And, and they all sound, I know how this music is supposed to sound. And it's a, you know, it's 20 different songs and it's, it's all kinds of genres and music. And I, I have to have that to be able to compare adequately, you know, speakers or headphones, which I don't do anymore, to be honest. But still, Hmm. I still have that playlist and it's not going anywhere. And every now and then when I want to remind myself what good audio it sounds like, I'll put on the headphones that I'm wearing right now, which quite honestly, I don't need these headphones to listen to you guys talk. Um, But they're just, it's my go-to headphones. That's what I use. Um, But that being said, I'm not, there's no way that these are going to outperform the headphones I have on right now. Yeah. They're just not. Mm -hmm. So then it's what you said, David. Okay. So I need a pair of over the ear headphones that are noise cancellation. Um, I'm not going to use them all the time, but enough. I travel, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Where do these fit into that category? They're, they're going to be, we know a mid range quality sound compared to audiophile stuff, it's going to sound way better than most earbuds out there. Yep. At least we assume it's going to. But is it worth $550? I think it comes down to two things. Are you going to keep them for 10 years? And at that point, is it worth spending extra money? Are you getting more value from the Apple-branded ones? Or are you going to trust a brand like Sony or Bose, who that's that's what they do. They've been doing <laughs> Sony's been doing it for, what, 50 years Yep, making headphones. So is Bose. My dad had a pair of Bose speakers that he got, he picked up in Japan and shipped back to the United States when he was coming back from Vietnam. And those speakers lasted probably 35, 40 years. And only then because one of the cast decided to use it as a scratching post. Yeah. Um, And they sounded amazing. I mean, that's what got me into high quality audio. So I don't know. I don't know who the hell's buying these things. Yeah, I, and this is it. And as I said, mm. they can't possibly last ten years because they have a battery in, and we know right, exactly. the battery will last two and a half years tops. We've all been. Most of us have been through this with the AirPods. 
you know, I'm one of the people who had to buy a new, new set of AirPods because the batteries failed in my old one because they got tiny little batteries in. Now, these these are bigger. They've got a bigger battery in. But we know batteries do not last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and they don't work without the battery. So, you know, they've got... Do you use wired or wireless? Wireless. Wireless? Wireless, yeah. Is yeah, it yeah. just to keep more less wires off your desk and while you're working, or you can get up without having your head ripped off because you forgot they're plugged in? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, yeah, it's... Because I think the 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 main function, the, the main utility I get from these, or I used to get from these headphones was just not hearing the open, open office, like, yeah. noises, right? Because uh, most of these technology companies are just open floor offices and... Uh, there could be someone right next to your desk just like discussing something completely different than what you're working on. Um, and having these headphones on is also a signal that, hey, do not disturb me while I have these on. Uh, so I think Which that, is why people kind of went with open ear and a lot of or, uh, over the ear in those kind of environments, because you can physically see they have headphones on rather than earbuds where you yeah. start, go up to someone, start talking and realize they've got the earbuds on. They can't even hear you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I never I the moment you said it seemed and became obvious to me, but I never really mm. thought about that use case. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So I think we need some kind of a technology that it, it you know, the, the headband glows green when you can come up and talk to them because they're not actually listening to music. I, 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 no, the, I, we have. Um, yeah, we have um, some of the guys in our office use Jabra ones that do exactly that. Basically, when oh, the really? yeah they when when the um when you're actually on a call, they glow red at the side, and then when you're off mm. a call and you just listen to your music, they glow green. So you actually know when people are actually on a call or not. Here's so, an idea, and no one is, as far as I know, has ever done this. It would take a good hardware and software engineer. So we've got half the problem solved right now. <laughs> uh, headphones that can also broadcast. So everyone can be listening mm. to the same music. So we're in we're in the office and Sid is listening to a really good playlist. <laughs> and I'm tired of my playlist in Pandora or Amazon Music or Apple Music or whatever. Well, it's something different. I want to explore it a little bit. And well, you know what? Sid's listening to something over there. Let's let's tune in to see what he's listening to. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's got a, a color or, or some kind of an indication that I can do on my headphones. So now I'm listening to in sync with his music. Yeah, you need like a mesh network. Of course, the RIAA yeah. would never let you do that because, you know, the chance that somebody might listen to something they haven't um, extracted payment for it somewhere along the chain is, is not is not going to fly with them. But um, didn't didn't um, the didn't the Microsoft Zoom have something like that where you could? You mm. could beam your music playlist to other Zoom listeners if you ever. That sounds very familiar. If you ever encountered one, which nobody ever did, because not many people want the Zoom. This is furiously <laughs> writing down these notes right now. By the way, that's right. Yeah, yes. we'll wait for uh, you know six months time. It will be Twitter's new music sharing feature. Yeah, we'll be like, hey, wait a minute, a bastard. Um, <laughs> I think that would be a cool thing, though. Especially now, look, it now would be the time to do it because everyone's at home and everyone yeah. seems to have a little extra time. But right. in a working environment, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, even you yeah. could even do something like this through a Spotify or something. Didn't, that didn't yeah, if, didn't if Apple your friends are yeah. listening? You could listen in. 
Didn't Apple Share have a yeah? Apple had didn't have Apple have Ping, which was meant to do something similar to this week. Yeah, share. but it was more like it was more like shared playlists, yeah. which is not the same thing. This is I want to be sitting three desks over from Sid. Yep. Tune into his thing and listen to his music, and it's and it's a seamless thing. He doesn't as long as he gave permission, you know. <laughs> That's right. And then and then it automatically cuts it off when the music source stops and he takes a That's phone right. call. Oh, so when you you don't want to be in the office when your boss tunes into your headphones and he finds out that you're watching Twitch streaming on on rather than right. coding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, or the Tech Fan Podcast. Good God, you'd be fired immediately. Great, uh, but I don't know. I think that would be a cool technology, don't you? Yeah. Right. I, I thought so. about that a, a few times driving. How cool it would be if you know you're in a caravan and you can share the same music. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I agree. I think just social hasn't penetrated music at all. Um, no. I think, uh, but but if you look at just the physical realm, like you talk to your friends about music all the time, at least I do, um, yeah. Yeah. a new song comes out and they, we either text about it or uh, share that song through some well, medium. We, we have this these watch the same movie things now. A lot of the... Uh, right. The, you know, ha- having a watch party and everyone's watching it at the same time. Yep. Same thing, just music. Yeah, and, and I, I think, think that would be killer. I think, I think a virtual music party like that where you could listen to a common playlist and chat and talk about it at the same time, I think in, in the environment we're living in the moment where everyone is socially distanced and maybe not meeting up, I think I think that would that might might even, you know, gain some traction really. Yeah. So you said you came on the show just to have a friendly chat and we gave you a brand new business idea. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is excellent. This could be your springboard away from that Twitter job into your uh, into your own <laughs> That's company. Right. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, you know, we, we solved the problem. Yeah. We'll we'll um you just cut us in for a percentage when you uh, yeah. when you go public and we'll be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're like ten percent each yeah, time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, they they say you know, ideas are like assholes. <laughs> Every everyone has one, and they don't all smoke good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll, we'll be like we'll be like the Steve Jobs. You know, we're the ideas guys, and then you're the the Wozniak who will actually do the do the. Uh, <laughs> but we'll promise not to steal it from you. <laughs> we'll do a hell of an, a hell of a job selling it to yeah, everyone. That's don't worry right, about yeah. that. <laughs> So we're it. we're at the hour mark, Sid. I want to thank you for yeah. coming on Tech Fan. I don't know if uh, you know Sid. David sent me a message. What's the topic? And you know, so I can be in the conversation. And and I went topic <laughs> <laughs> like, like we planned something here. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? Preparation. Go on, David. Yeah. Prep. Yeah, we yeah. don't preparation. What a novel idea. <laughs> yeah, we used to do that back when we kind of were new at podcasting. But you got to remember, David yeah. and I have been podcasting together for fifteen years. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. long time. I keep trying to get away, um, and I can't. Quite, quite honestly, I think Disney at least has been listening to us because, um, as we're going to talk about next week on Geeks Pub, uh, they kind of are doing exactly what we said they should do. It's, it's, it's like uh, like that memo really, uh, really hit home. Yep, yep. It's called the Tech Fan Plan. <laughs> <laughs> Sid, thanks very much for joining oh, yeah. us this week. Really do appreciate it. Yeah. This is an open invitation for you to come back again here in the near future. And uh, you know, 
I, I'd love to get a couple of different people moving forward, not just Sid, but you know, we want to bring Owen back here on Tech Fan. And if you're yeah. listening and you're like, dude, I, I can talk almost as well as Sid, yeah. um, send us an email. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. It's Techman Podcast. And on the Facebook, um, just look for Techman and you'll find us there. But really, you can go to MyMac.com or TechmanPodcast.com and leave a comment under the show notes and we'll find it there. Uh, that's probably the easiest. Well, probably the easiest is an email, the show at TechmanPodcast.com. David, I will see you next week on Geeks Pub. Uh, of course, the big conversation is going to be all the Disney stuff. Um, and of course, by then we'll have the last episode of the Mandalorian, which, um, I'm dying to see. Yeah. I don't know how to expect me to enjoy my holidays when baby Yoda's in school. <laughs> um, <laughs> are you a Mandalorian fan, Sid? I am not. <laughs> I actually do not know what that is. <laughs> okay. You're, you're never coming back on the show again. <laughs> Offer rescinded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll see you next week. Again, Sid, thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah, thanks. it. Thanks. You've been really good. Thank you both for having me. Thank you both for having me. Appreciate it.